All right here, I'm here with Corey Hagman. Gosh, I, I'm a mess with names today. All right, and anytime I t say a name, but um, introduce yourself, Corey. I mean, like everyone's excited, everybody's listening, everybody's wondering who are you. What is up, guys? Uh, so, as Brandon said, my name is Corey Hagman. Uh, my IG and social media handles are Corey underscore fit. Um, so if you're curious just about who I am, I would honestly just recommend going over to my Instagram. It's Corey underscore fit, C-O-R-Y underscore F-I-T. Um, got a lot of posts. You can get a feel for just who I am, what I represent. I am 22 years old. I'm a bikini pro. I'm an influencer, an online coach. Uh, that's that's it in short. I'm just, a, just another girl. So just another person. That's that is amazing that you say that. I mean, obviously you're not just another person in the sense that you're you're trying to do amazing things. I do I do what I can. I mean, uh, a lot of my brand is honestly just based off of sharing experiences and just talking about things in the most honest and transparent way. Um, I'm not at all a call out person, which it's funny. I think some people get the two confused. Um, but there's a difference between just, just sharing, you know, shit going on in your life and then actually being like, you know, angry and charged and stuff. I'm not an angry or charged person. I'm not confrontational. I'm just, just someone who's into fitness and, uh, I've turned it into my full-time career. Yeah. And I want to get a little into that. Is that something that you always like getting into, like a lot of people want to do what you do. I mean, like they want to switch over and, you know, I don't know, I'm not the greatest advice, but, you know, it's how would you tell them, hey, how, how to transition? I mean, it's scary for most people. I think the biggest variable that needs to be addressed is looking at where you're at currently. Um, if you're someone like me and um, if you're someone who is, you know, kind of scared when it comes to taking risk, you need to put yourself out there and you need to put yourself in the right environment where you are kind of forced to take more risk. Um, and I know everyone says that, like, you know, don't be afraid, just do it. You know, just first step is just, you know, going forward and like, you know, yes, that's all true. But for someone who does like have anxiety and is nervous about like, you know, you know, not being secure and safe, like that was really hard for me to start out and to really just do it. And um, I had actually want, I mean, my, my fitness journey, my, this whole, where I'm at now, it started uh, by doing my first show, and I had wanted to compete for about two and a half years prior to actually committing to a show, um, and I was too scared. I, I was just, I found every reason why I shouldn't do it, I talked myself out of it, um, and I did that for like two and a half years, and then I finally, I, I hit kind of a low point in my life, and I was like, okay, fuck it, I'm doing it. Like, I'm just, I'm going to do it, and even if I look dumb, I just, I need this for myself, I need to really test myself and, um, not in a, let's see how far I can push myself. Not like that. Cause I know a lot of competitors say that, but more in a way I need to learn how to trust myself and know that I can handle this. And, um, uh, at the time that's not something I, I didn't, I wasn't really sure, you know, could I coach myself? Could I do a show? Um, but I just did it and mm. I did it to the best of my abilities. And, you know, of course there's things you can always say, uh, like, yeah, I could have done that better. And I, you know, next time this is what I can do, but I'm really glad I made that first initial decision and just took that leap of faith. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Taking the leap of faith. I mean, like it's there's never a sure thing, so you yeah, know, there's always going to be risk. And I think being afraid. I don't know. For me, I think it's a good thing 
but keeping your like composure, like, you know, not, not, not crumbling under the pressure. Of course, that's like the worst if you just panic, like, ah. Oh. so, um, I always say just, you know, keep composure, you know, learn what the process is in order to achieve whatever you're trying to do. Um, of course you're going to hit bumps. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You're going to hit a wall. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Some people, some people, it's like a nice smooth road for them. Some people, it's like a roller coaster. And I think, like on that, I mean, that's a really good point. I think it all is dependent on your perspective. Um, I used to be someone who looked at things very negatively, and I always, you know, found reasons that things could go wrong or they were going to go wrong. And I had this mentality for a while, and. Eventually, I mean, once I got into competing and uh, once I met Josh, who, uh, if you don't know, that is my boyfriend, Josh Bryan Fitness on Instagram. Once I met Josh, I really just opened my mind up. He opened my mind up to, uh, you know, just kind of embracing the suck and like not in the training sense of it, but more so just embrace things are not going to go right. But if it's going wrong, there's a reason and there's a purpose behind it. It's not accidental. It's not a mistake, you know, to get into a fender bender to, you know, um, you know, to have an issue, to have a fight with your friend or whatever, everything that's happening is intentional and it's deliberate and you can only do your best. And if you do your best, like you really can't beat yourself up over it. And that Mm. mentality right there is, it it saved me a lot of anxiety and a lot of, um, a lot of headaches over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and effect. That's what I always say. I mean, like, so I mean, you try to like, oh, why did this happen to me? Why, why, why? I mean, why, why? Asking why is good to a certain extent, but not always asking it. I think, you know. That has been a lesson that's presented itself many years. Like every single year, I feel like there's a pivotal point in my life that there's been something that's happened that I don't have all the information for, you know, to explain why did this happen? Why did this really happen? I don't have all the, all the data. And I feel like it just keeps presenting itself because I'm meant to learn, you know, you're not going to know why you're not going to get that. And you just have to live with that. You know, it sucks and it, it really is frustrating, but you're not going to know. And, you know, for competing and for competitors and whether it's bodybuilding or powerlifting, whoever it is, whatever your sport is, sometimes you aren't going to know why you didn't do better or why the judges didn't select you. And it's just a part of the process. It's something that's going to help you grow, just kind of getting closure without having the full information Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes you don't know the reason why but it's it it is a um it can be a good and bad thing for you i mean knowing why is good sometimes sometimes it's really bad for you um don't 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 put too much kind of stake into that you know it's always and you change as a person like like you know you're looking towards the future that's that's really what most people do um and looking at your past i mean it's good to understand where you came from and why things happen but don't don't like dread on it you know you can change yeah use it to construct you know a better you but don't use it to hinder any kind of growth that you could potentially experience Mm -hmm. you're a great speaker so i love your youtube channel i mean i've watched a few videos now i mean you know i subscribed already if you if y'all want to i mean of course um that i find i find you to speak very well which i don't I don't know. Most people don't like, they don't express themselves. They don't, they're, they're either it's anxiety or they've never done it, or they just don't know the art of talking. So how do you get your ideas across to people? 
I mean, a lot of people are going to say, oh, I, I, it's great that Corey's telling me this, but like, how do I do it myself? So, so you want me to explain how do I communicate effectively? Mm-hmm. Much better than me. <laughs> thank you. I, I do. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. And I appreciate that. Um, it's a really good question. I, I don't have a simple answer because I did a public speaking course in high school. I, I was, was that a, the reason? Do I have to take public speaking now? Fuck no. Like, <laughs> so, no, no, no. My public speaking course, I did okay. Um, but what my teacher told me, it was like, don't try so hard. You know, you're trying to be a good student. You're trying to memorize stuff. You're trying to write out, a, you know, a speech and you know, just, you know, read off of it in your mind. Don't do that. You're not, you're not good at that. You're not good at memorizing stuff. Just speak from your heart and, you know, be honest and be kind with your words. And honestly, like whatever you're trying to say is going to come across exactly how you want it to. And if it doesn't, if someone does get offended or if there is any kind of miscommunication, address it and over communicate. And, um, that has been just a huge, it's that in itself has played a huge role in my ability to connect with people and actually make, you know, lasting connections is just over communicating. I, I, I joke about it. Like, you know, I, I don't shut up. And like, I, you know, if you ever look at one of my IG rambles, yeah, it's like 30 slides long. It's like a 20 minute, like it's very long. And I'm just trying to over communicate. Cause I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Cause that's not my intention. I'm not a hurtful person. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I just, I try to over communicate and speak from the heart and not, place too much, you know, pressure on myself to have this, you know, perfectly memorized and just reading it off how maybe, you know, politically it should be, but you know, then it doesn't, it's not really authentic. It's not really sincere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like scripted. I don't like scripted stuff. I mean, like you can edit it out, but like scripted stuff, it it bothers me because it's like, I mean, I love actors. They do well (laughs) at it. So I, I, I always love it, but the scripted aspect of speaking i'm like this doesn't feel right or if someone else writes your stuff and mm-hmm. you have a mm-hmm. ghostwriter and you know I, I i think ghostwriters are kind of cool um but uh, i'm a ghostwriter myself i like writing stuff for other people just because it's like yeah you know i don't have to be the public figure but i can mm-hmm. be the one telling the public figure what to do which is kind of puppet manipulation in my mind but you know i like doing it and it, you know I think speaking is really difficult. I mean, uh, I've never told this story, so this is uh, an exclusive, I guess. But um, probably the first person I've ever told. It was my first time, like, uh, comedy show. You ever watch comedy now? I love, love stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is my first time doing, like, a open mic. I've done a few, but not, mm-hmm. not that many. So, you know, it's like, you know, 50 bucks, speak for, like, 15 minutes. All right, I'm going up there. You know, I was like, this is great. You know, I have a couple jokes, you know, um, you know, did it go so well? You know, um, no, nobody understood the jokes. You know, um, I don't think I think I started stuttering at like the last minute. But um, some people laugh, some people didn't. You know, it's like you're trying to read a room. So it was not for me, it was not the best experience. But then, you know, I've done it a few more times. And mm-hmm. of course, like I'm like the same the same joke doesn't work for everyone. Like it's not, yeah. and I, you know, it's hard to speak, especially in that kind of environment. I mean, I mean, everyone's drinking, so it's just like, hey guys, you know, which I'm like, you know, I'm just standing there and it, mm-hmm. it's really intimidating, but I think, you know, trying is like the first thing you're going to bomb. 
Mm-hmm. You're going to do terrible and try again. And I mean, like, if you can't, like, a lot of people are scared to do YouTube, like, you know, like mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. you know, but they like Instagram because it's like, you know, all the, it, all of it is just words, but they can't share everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super filtered. And I think a lot of people are attracted to that because they get to partition how much of their, how much of themselves they're actually showing their audience. Mm. And, um, I feel like with people who are super like into the business aspect of social media and really just trying to make money, they thrive on, you know, their ability to do that. I personally don't really have respect for people who intentionally like manipulate, uh, their audience through those kind of means. Um, I know people who are very open about that and it really, it, it blows my mind how, they get a kick out of, you know, utilizing social media in kind of an evil way. And I'm just like, it's fucked up. Yeah. That's like, yeah. ah, that's bad karma coming at you. Yeah. 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 Sometimes. But I also think it's sometimes it's ignorance. Like, you know, I mean, people show the highlights of their life. Don't, 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 if answer buts. I mean, like if you're editing a video, you're going to do put the best stuff in there. You're not going to. Yeah, of course. And when you're really sad, you don't want to. You don't want to share that most of the time. I mean, I think it's really cool when someone shares their bad times. Like, I'm like, yeah, you're crying in the front of the <laughs> camera. You know, it's kind of messed up, but, you know, I yeah. enjoy it. Um, and no, no, no. I Sorry, I don't want to misunderstand. Like, because I – that is, like, holding back to some extent. Mm-hmm. That's every, Everyone's going to do that. Like, even myself, uh, Josh – all of our friends who are also influencers, everyone will hold back that 10%, that 20%. Um, and I think, you know, that that's expected. And, you know, like you said, like it is ignorant to believe that the person you're following is only showing you everything. Cause that, that's just untrue. Like that's just that no one, no one does that. I guarantee it. Um, I guess I mean more so in the way of people just figuring out how to be a completely different person on social media um, and being who they think people want to see, um, that kind of bothers me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I think the struggle, I don't know. I feel like people focus so, I mean, everyone, I love positivity, positive, you know, be positive yeah. and all that. But I also want to hear the struggles, you know, what was the issue? You know, what, what, I mean, everybody has, I mean, I love when people just explain that stuff because a lot of people just like, it's just like not you don't talk about it like it's like something you don't talk about and i enjoy i don't enjoy it but i think it's necessary to understand like how did someone get through that you know um Mm -hmm. like like some people are scared of competing some people think it's like super calm and everyone has a different perspective that's Mm -hmm. what i think is like an amazing thing is that we all have different philosophies, different cultures. Culture makes s- tons of differences. I mean, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, you say different words, you talk funny and I start laughing. Um, <laughs> but that's just like my way of looking at it. And mm-hmm. I want to see like, what is your like kind of philosophical perspective on everything? Do you like, like, is it about meditation? Is it about taking your time? Is it about prioritizing things? What is it for you? In, in a very general sense, um, what I figured out that matters most to me, um, I, I think that's what, what you're asking, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. What I figured out over the years, uh, the, I would say the last two and a half, three years, is that if you know what your number one thing is, if you know your number one goal and you have that identified, you can have sub goals. You can have, you know, two, three, four, five. And I think that's also important to have, you know, sub goals, to have mini goals, to have short-term, midterm, long-term goals. 
it's funny because like I, I don't I've talked about this a few times, kind of um, just on IG lives and you know on stories. I don't really talk about this in my caption, but my number one like my number one goal in life is um, really my family, and I, I don't mean like yes, my mom, my dad, my family, but what I mean by that is is Josh. Josh is my number one goal. Having the absolute best relationship with him maintaining what we have and watching it grow as we grow as individuals and grow together. That's my number one. And like social media is always going to be number two, three, four, five. I mean, there are other things, but social media influencing online coaching, fitness, competing, having abs, fitness, even working out. I would give that up in a heartbeat. If that meant I couldn't have Josh, I couldn't have the relationship that we have right now. That is that is really touching. I, I like I, I, I yeah. I'm about to cry over here. It's like watching a damn movie. But it, I don't know. I feel like that that's an amazing answer. And um, of course, uh, hope y'all stay together forever. That's that's all I have to say about that. that well, and so like what I what I mean by that because like mm. you know the question was like what is my philosophy with you know I guess approaching my goals. If you know your goal, because like that I how I feel about like my goals, that's going to be different, you know, than the girl next to me, the guy next to me, whatever. And if someone's number one goal is competing, is to be a pro, is to have the largest, uh, most revenue generating, you know, business, you know, whatever short, if that's their goal, they should go all in on it. And they should have those boundaries to know how, what percentage of all in are they actually willing to go? Because like, I've talked about this saying, you know, I, I don't want, do you know who, um, do you know who Gary Vee is? Yes. Okay. I've met him. He's a nice guy. That's so badass. Yeah. He, he seems really cool. I, he, uh, not, not, not like trying to dodge him, but I, I he talks a lot. <laughs> I believe it. I, I believe you made him impressed. He's like, what's up? You know, I, I'm a, I'm a, not a slow, I'm a slow starter, fast pace, but, um, he's fast paced all the way, which is a great thing. I love the guy. Yeah. You have to have people on the same energy, but, um, so like, I love his brand. I love his message. And I love the evolution of his messages because it's, it's evolved into more than just the fuck it, do, you know, work 18 hours a day. It, it is that, but now it's also evolved to, Hey, you can do that. But if your number one is your family or your number one is, you know, whatever it is, if it's a hobby, go all in on that. Maybe you're not going to work 18 hours a day. Maybe you're going to work 12, but those other six hours that you would spend working, you know, doing your business, whatever it is, put those towards your number one. And I know I'm never going to be the person that's like, I'm going to work 19 hours a day. I'm not going to do that because my number one is Josh. I will be on the phone with him for eight hours. I will spend every single day with him doing, you know, whatever, doing stupid, stupid shit. Like I will do that because that's my number one. And I identified that really early. And, um, yeah, so I know very, very long, elaborate answer, but, um, I think if listeners can identify their number one and be not a hundred percent certain, but be pretty certain that is what I want to commit to. And then just assert, you know, how much of your time are you actually wanting to spend to that? And if it's not 18 hours a day, what are, what are you putting your other time to? Is that actually your number one? Are you like kind of split and, you know, from there just figuring out, you know, um, what does your heart tell you? Like, what do you, what do you actually want to do? And then just do it. Mm-hmm. How did you meet this number one? Instagram. Really? That, I, it's a, it's fucking funny. It, it's actually unbelievable. You, 
I'm really glad this podcast is explicit, and I can tell you the full story if you'd like. <laughs> I, I, dude, I love stories. So, so just tell us how how did how did this go? <laughs> so Corey was going through a rough time. I was in college, and um, I followed Josh for like six months. He was competing. I was competing. Um, he was, you know, nice to me, not in a creepy way. That was the cool thing. Did, did, I was like, oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say he send you weird messages, and then you're like, oh, who's this person? <laughs> No, I, I, I sent him. Sent him oh, oh, you're the one. Okay. Yeah, I slid in real hard. The DMs? DM. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does he well, does so, he still have those DMs? Just, just probably. We, uh, so it was really funny. We followed each other, and it was like in June, Facebook was like, hey, I think you should be friends with this guy. And I was like, that sounds perfect. Thank you, Facebook. And I added him and he's like, Hey, you know, it's Corey from Instagram. And, um, you know, we get to talking and we're Facebook messaging and basically we exchange numbers. I'm in a place where I'm like, this is going to be casual. I do not want anything serious. And he's in the same place. Like we both were like, I really don't want a relationship right now. I got so much shit going on. Uh, so we FaceTime and the first time we FaceTime, it's like eight hours, which like, can you imagine us FaceTiming right now for eight hours? Like, oh, I love talking. I don't. It would. It would. It would. Like, there's no. There's no. Like, I could talk to anyone for hours. I mean, everyone has stories, and you know, I, I like. I like feeding off that stuff. But of course, there. You know, people have to take time away. But yeah, I, I, eight hours. That's a long time, though. Uh, you for know. for uh, like like because the context is, we exchange numbers. And I don't even really know the intention. We exchanged numbers. Like, it wasn't a serious thing. It wasn't like, oh, let's, like, get to know each other. I I don't know. Like, it was was very casual. And um, we ended up having an eight-hour conversation where we just talk and we get to know each other. And we do that, like, like six nights in a row. Again, eight, nine, ten hours. That is what – that's 48 podcasts right there. There's no – Right? That's a lot of of stuff. Oh, okay. So so then – what what made you say hey I'm um, no no more like um like we're gonna be serious about this was that like later on or did y'all just like know it right away I mean that's yeah. a lot of time to talk to me I haven't talked you know most people <laughs> don't talk to people five days a week for eight hours I mean that's a full time job so and at the time Josh was working a full time job uh, and we were on the phone till four or five in the morning and he was waking up like two hours later going to work and and the next day still like hey what time are we getting on the phone like. So I was like, okay, this is cool. This guy's taking, you know, this like, you know, generally serious. I like talking to him. We got along really well. We had really good communication, communication, really good chemistry. So the thing is he lived in Ohio and I lived in Texas. He's from Ohio. I'm from Texas. So I was on summer break and I was like, I don't see anything wrong with going to see him. Like, seems okay. a little irresponsible. So, so, so you're the one who bought the ticket. I see. So, so we talked and like we had been, you know, flirting and joking and I was like, you know, I don't see, I'm on summer break. I'm a bartender. I don't see any reason why you don't just come see me. And he's like, yo, I have a full-time job. If you find a ticket, let's go half seas and let's have you come up for like a week. Like we'll, we'll do like five or six days. And uh, I was like, shit. Okay. And I'm, I am, you know, not to toot my own horn. I am a Priceline guru. Like Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm basically a travel agent. <laughs> I Damn, you need to tell me. You need to tell me how to get those good deals. I'm not. I'm so bad at that. I just picked the number one thing that's on there. I I got you. Let me know. I will. I will hook it up. I I found a ticket for a round trip, 180 dollars, no layovers, like your carry on, your personal included. So I was like, yeah, like this is happening. And um, 
is it's really crazy because like we talk about it to this day. I had four hundred dollars in my account, and I spent it and I bought it while I was working. I was like, oh my god, what did I just do? Like, oh, this is so irresponsible. Like, I better pick up extra shifts. And I was like, no. I feel good about this. There's something about this. And even if I just go and it's like a fling, it's fine. Like I am willing to put it on the line because I have a good feeling about this. It was very irresponsible. I do not recommend any listeners doing that because 99% of the time, this scenario will not work out. Like I, I guarantee it. This is not a scenario I recommend people try to replicate because there are so many reasons that this trip could have gone wrong. You could have been like, whoa, like... I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, this was a terrible, terrible mistake. You didn't even know, like, he could have been an axe murderer. Like, I don't, I don't like it. That's that's, that's yeah. a crazy story. Like, you didn't really know him. You just talked to him for a long time. Yeah. Um. So I took a, a massive risk. And, um, you know, I, I took precautionary measures. I told a few friends where I was going. I mm. gave him, I told him, I'm like, hey, if you try to do anything fucking weird, my friends are going to call and like, they have your address and he's like, Hey, I'll give him my driver's license info. I don't care. Like you don't have anything to worry about. I am going to make you feel as comfortable as possible. So whatever you need. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. Like likely not an ax murderer. So I go up there and I spend five days with them. And like, again, like that in itself as a girl, like when you have a first date with someone, <laughs> imagine if you bring a girl over, y'all have a good time. And then she stays for five days, 24-7. Like, Did y'all, uh, like, annoy each other? Like, how was that? How was the experience staying together? We we got along really well. And the thing is, like, we're extremely similar in how we communicate. And we're very opposite in the things that we like. And somehow it works. And I would say, like, the what really made the difference, especially that first trip, we just communicated. And that was something I told him up front. Like, I'm like... I don't, I'm not going to take offense to anything you say. If you like, if something, if something bothers you or if you're, you have something on your mind, please don't sit on it. I would rather you tell me and I can either try to explain. And if it's a deal breaker, okay, like we, we handle it. But, um, our communication is like fucking solid. Like, like I, I can say that confidently over the, the two and a half years we've been together, our communication has made us um, get through everything that we've been through because we've been through a lot of shit in two and a half years. And um, it all started from that first trip. That first trip, like, I went up there and we talked about it. On the way from the airport home, he's like, this is fucking weird. I'm like, yeah, it kind of is, but I like you. Like, I mean, you, I get a good vibe from you. I don't feel like you're going to try anything weird. And um, it was good. Like, and, and also the other thing about, like, this situation, I know a lot of girls say – they're just going to have a good time. They're just like, they don't care. It doesn't have to be a relationship. I don't want a boyfriend. I actually didn't want a boyfriend. So this, like, he believed me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so did you, like, okay. So then how did it become so serious? Like, is it, were you like, oh, let's just stay friends? Like, you didn't want anything to happen. So, like, was it just something that happened naturally? Yeah. So... So this will, I, I hope this will like pull some emotions. Um, so we spend five days together. We have a great time, have really good chemistry. And the entire time, like we say, like we, we made an agreement. I think it was like the first or second day. I was like, hey, I don't want to put unnecessary pressure on either of us to like think about what's going to happen after I leave. Um, 
Let's see how the trip goes. Let's see how we bond, how we vibe together. And then let me leave and like, I'll go. And, um, we'll see from there. We don't even have to, we don't have to put expectation. You could never call me back. And if that's what happens, yeah, that might suck if I really like you, but you know, let's just keep this open, like for both parties. Cause I was also like, I don't really know. Like, I don't know if I'm going to want to continue this or, you know, do a long distance relationship. So we go to the airport and we're both like weirdly like sad. And you know, Josh is very open with his communication and he's like yeah I'm fucking sad you're leaving like this sucks I had a great time with you like you're a really cool chick and I'm like I know like oh I wish you lived closer because like we could actually date and do this like for real so we go to the airport and he walks me to the gate and kisses me goodbye and um he drops me off and I start like tearing up but I'm like oh I don't want him to see this so I like turn around and he's walking away and I'm like really crying now and like people around me are like oh god like what's wrong with you and I turn around and he'd walked maybe like 50 feet the other way, but he had also turned around and we had both weirdly turned around at the same time and he could see I was crying and he blew me a kiss and he texted me and he was like, please call me when you get to Texas. I really want to talk with you. And um, that's like, I don't think I've ever told anyone that story. <laughs> um, but shortly after that, you know, we talked and we... I think we waited like three or four days. We had, again, like those eight hour conversations. So it was a long time. And uh, we scheduled another trip like four weeks later. And um, I, had a, I had a powerlifting meet. So I was going to fly up like the next day. And uh, it was cool. It was cool. The entire time we were like doing long distance, he called me every day, text me the entire day, super supportive. And like, I think at the time our relationship was already growing. So then when I came up the second time, you're going to love this. I, I originally planned to stay for like like 20 days. Uh-huh. This is still a long time, yeah. Go. Cool. And then when I got up there a few days later, he bought an extension, like a four-day extension. So it was like 24 days. And then I go, okay, so like that trip goes amazing. So, But like when you think about it, that's like a long time. And we basically went from meeting, getting together, like, you know, like forming this like bond. And then now we're like living together. Like it moved like really quickly, like three and a half weeks. Um, and then I, I go to the airport to leave the second time after, you know, staying with me. Yeah. Yeah. That was, sorry for my dogs, but like there, that, that is crazy story. Like that you found that person like that. I mean, most people don't find the person at all or like find like, it's just not, that's just not how it happens. Well, or 20 so, days. How did that work? Like, it was good. Um, so Josh actually quit his full time job before I came up to see him the second time. He was uh, a manager. He was he was the youngest manager in like the nation at LA Fitness. Um, he managed personal training, and he'd been doing that for I think a year, year and a half. And he had just quit, and um, he decided to pursue online coaching full time. And that, like, I was like, oh, dude, like, that's really risky. And, like, this kind of uh, goes back to, like, what we were talking about, about, like, you know, how do you just do it? How do you know? That was my first time seeing someone really, like, like, outside of us, like, in our relationship, that was his just do it moment where he was like, yeah, fuck working all this. I'm making more working, like, a fifth of the time. 
why would I keep doing this? These hours are stupid. I don't get paid, uh, you know, enough for my, uh, for my value and I'm not respected, you know? And, um, I mean that just in a very like general sense, the guys he worked with, he liked them, but it just, it is hard in a corporate job, you know, when you have so many pressures from, you know, people over people over people. And, um, he just was like, I can do, I can be happy making what I'm making from coaching. And I know I can grow my business even more than it's already grown if I have the time. So, um, it was really sick when we got up there, I was on summer break. So I had like zero responsibility from like school and, uh, he had just, you know, transitioned into full-time coaching. And so, yeah, it was basically, I mean, it was, it was really neat. You know, we got literally got to spend like actually over 20 days fully together every single day, just training, talking, eating, watching movies, just like, and figuring each other out. Like, you know, do we like this? Do we actually like the other person? Are there, are there things that, you know, we would change? And like, that was really cool for me because that was the first relationship that I was like actually honest with myself do I actually like this person? Yeah, I fucking really like this person. Like, he's awesome. He's a really cool guy. And, um, yeah, just him as a person, like I admire Josh a lot. So there was definitely, that was a huge part of my attraction to him. I was like, you're doing exactly what I want to do. And you're a positive person and you, you know, you're still doing good for others and you're, you're doing so much for me too. And like, I was like, I, I don't know anyone as nice or as like kind hearted as him. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just to let everyone know, this is not, not the, I don't know, not the, I mean, it's a great way to do it, but like, it's not, I don't know. I feel, I feel like that's just an amazing story. I mean, to find a person like that um, so quickly and know it so quickly. I mean, not so quickly because you, you spent, you invested tons of time into talking to each other and understanding each other um which i find amazing um is that some like do you like is that oh how it's always been is it hasn't has it changed at all with with me and uh-huh, like you know being together so much um, we in the past two and a half years we've maybe spent like two days actually apart from each other like two days entirely and um we both were like, yeah, fuck that. That was stupid. Like, <laughs> we're not doing that again. Um, no, I mean, truly, we're very close. Um, he's my best friend. Um, you know, and I, he pushes me. Everyone says that. Let me say this. He brings out the best sides of me and very rarely brings out the bad sides of me. You know, everyone has nasty sides to them. Everyone can be impatient and, you know, sometimes hateful and ugly. And, and you know, especially when you're in a relationship that's going to happen. You're going to see that side of someone. And ideally you want to be with someone who doesn't provoke that side of you and doesn't really bring that out. And that's something I can say, like, I've never been in a relationship like that where someone has very like minimally brought up bad sides of me and only pushed me to be better and like made me a better person and just encouraged me and been supportive. And like for a guy to do that, I mean, it's not, it's not to say, I don't think good guys are out there but I've dated a lot of shitty people. So my expectations are different. Mm-hmm. And um, no, I mean, Josh was. This is what I say. Expect shit, um, but find a diamond. There you go. There you go. Uh, I don't know. I don't, that's amazing. I think everyone's going to love that story. But like um, that, that, that is extraordinary. And I love that y'all, y'all, y'all don't spend so much time together that's like you know that's the the dream for most people you know like if they want to fall in love or something 
you want to spend as much time with that person. And the best friend thing really, I think, is great. Yeah. A lot of people date people because just because who they are and mm-hmm. like you don't really care about the person or you don't yeah. spend time with them. I think a lot of relationships are begun and you know started for the wrong reasons and it's very easy um, when you're in the fitness industry to think you need to date another fitness person. Um, and I don't like me and Josh have talked about that on social media. Like for most people, that's probably not the best idea. Like, you know, there are some pros to it, but there are a lot of cons with dating someone doing exactly what you do and in the fitness industry, doing what me and him do. And that's something that like previously, like before him, I didn't think I was going to emotionally be able to handle, like, you know, dating someone who is a fitness model who, you know, who has just constant attention and, you know, um, flattery coming from extremely, extremely beautiful girls. And it's really cool because I can see that. Okay. So like, you know, as any, any girl fitness industry or not, you want to see that your man is not going to make you doubt them. You want to see that you don't want him to like, you don't want girls to constantly hit on him, but you want to like know that in your heart that he's true to you. And I can see that every interaction he has with really attractive girl i'm like that's another reminder yeah yeah how do you deal with that like if someone's like you know trying to steal your man or like you know you know it's just like they're they're approaching him or uh you know messaging him like how do you feel about that so i it's very sad actually since we've been dating he's maybe had like less than five girls really come on to him strong Mm -hmm. like really and even then, it's not like I'm like, ooh, like, fuck you. Like, how dare you? Like, um, <laughs> Do you just, like, drag him out? Like, hey, come back here, you know? Don't- no, no, no. So the thing is, I know that it boosts his confidence. Mm-hmm. And not in, like, a weird way. But he should feel attractive. And when you're in a relationship, especially, like, you know, a, a long relationship, it's hard to find that confidence boost outside of your relationship in a okay, like, appropriate manner so a girl flirting with him at chipotle or Smashburger that doesn't bother me they're being nice because he, he's hot he is mm-hmm. extremely attractive like they should flirt with him um <laughs> it's funny because like he doesn't get hit on as much as i thought he would have like in my head i was like braced i was like i'm gonna have to like fight girls off like that's our joke i'm like i'm just getting strong so i can like beat the girls away like mm-hmm. um i actually I would say I deal with it more like guys not being respectful and in like, I mean, with him, he handles it incredibly, incredibly well. Like he's, he's not a hot head. He doesn't get mad. And like, it's funny. Cause like the guys in the fitness industry who he knows that hit on me, that come on to me, every single one of them has big name girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And I tell him, I'm like, Oh my God, you're not going to believe he sent me a DM. That's so inappropriate. I want to tell his girlfriend, but I won't. Cause that's not my place. And with those kind of things, he's more so like, that's fucked up. That's really bad. Um, but mm-hmm. to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So how does he react when it when it's uh, to you? Like, of course. Um, so this, uh, this past weekend, we took a trip to Denver. And when we were flying back, I was waiting at baggage claim. And there was like a, there was like an older guy, like maybe in his 30s and he was like a shark. Like as soon as Josh left, came over to me, started talking. <laughs> swimming, swimming. Yes, okay, that's funny. That's interesting. I, I don't know. I feel like those, those. It's so scary out there. I don't know. 
Yeah. Did you like once he left, of course he came in. Is that like something that always happens or sometimes happens? All the time. They, they, they're, they, I don't want to generalize because like, here's the thing. Not generalize. I mean like 80% or just give me a percentage. That's like, I I don't know. It's a large majority. Seven out of 10 guys probably wait till he leaves. And I've had to like, and I talked to Josh about this openly. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Because I don't want to be unnecessarily mean to a guy if I don't have to, but I also do need to set boundaries as a girl and let him know, like, you know, nothing's happening. And like, you like, literally I'm so wiped up right now. Like literally any other girl, any other girl, I'm not the one though. And, uh, with this guy specifically, he starts like talking to me about how he thinks I'm super cute and I'm super young. And he asked like why I went to Denver and I'm like, Oh, me and my fiance, we went up there for a vacation and he's like, Oh, that's a huge mistake. Like you're so young. That's so stupid. And I'm, I start like to kind of be sarcastic back. I'm like, you know, why would you pass up something that you're extremely happy with? He's like, you're just too young. You need to go and be with other guys and like, you need to, you know, have fun. And I'm like, uh, I, I've had fun. I, I started college at 17. Like I, I've done the fun stuff. Like I actually was doing the fun stuff when I met Josh and like, um, as he's telling me how dumb it is. And here's the thing with the fiance comment, Josh got me a ring, a real diamond ring when we were a year in and I wear it and I typically wear it on my finger, but when we train, I wear it on my necklace. So our agreement, like, and I, it's a whole other thing. For guys like that, I am going to tell them, like, yeah, I'm engaged. Because typically they'll back off. Typically, like, a good mm-hmm. guy will be like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, oh, no offense. Oh, like, but, 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 this is a bad yeah. moment. Oh, I did not know. You know? It's like Exactly. And it's like, then it's kind of funny because it's like, oh, hey, don't worry about it. Your approach was great. Another girl, though, not me. And um, so with this guy, he was super, like, super just coming in hard. And Josh was behind me. Like, he came up during this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, this would actually be the perfect moment for Josh to, like, not snap, but, like, say something. But he didn't. He just was, like, silent. He didn't even – he was, like, playing on his phone. And once the guy was being kind of aggressive, he just, like, looked at him and just gave him – you know, just to stare, like, okay, bro, like, you have, like, five seconds. Um, And the guy ended up just walking off. His friend came up to him. But I was starting to be kind of a bitch. Like, I was just like, hey, like – that's totally fine if you think that, but I don't think coming up to a 22 year old girl in the airport in the middle of the night is the best way to approach a girl. Like it's kind of weird, honestly, especially when I've told you I'm engaged and his friend like could see, like I was like getting like offensive and his friend was like, Hey, come on, let's go. I was like, yeah, get the fuck away. Like I already told you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think anyone knows how to like, there's so many situations we're not ready for and I think like a lot of guys just like, am I supposed to beat the crap out of him? Like, what, what what is supposed to happen? Am I supposed to say, I say something first, then I attack? Like, I, it's like, like you're going through scenarios. Sometimes, sometimes I think it's funny. Like if it's a friend, mm-hmm. I'm like, ha ha, uh, how are you gonna get out of that? Are you gonna be mean to him? Are you gonna like, what are you gonna say to you know? Mm-hmm. Are you just gonna be like, oh, I gotta go? You know, like everyone does it differently. Yeah, and I think honestly, it just really depends on the context and like with the guy like approaching me or a girl approaching Josh in, in that situation, I think it just depends on their attitude and like their energy, like how aggressive, how, how are they being? Because like, if someone like this guy, if he's being extremely forward and he's kind of being creepy because like he is an older guy, I'm a young college looking girl. Like I'm, I'm young, like, you know, 
that's weird. And like of all places, like I already told you I'm in a relationship, like, you know, you're, you're kind of striking out here. So I don't really feel like I have to extend you the courtesy. I would in other situations, like, um, with us, with us moving to, uh, to our new apartment and stuff, we've tried out lots of gyms and we, we found a few gyms and like in some of them, you know, I will have random guys come up to me and there's a, there's this young kid, like I'd say like 16, 17 or 18, like pretty young. And he comes up, I'm not working out. Like I am between sets and he's like, I just have to let you know, you are so beautiful. I don't want to disturb you. Please get back to your workout. I just had to tell you. And I'm like, Oh, well done. You are going to do well in life. Like do that to all the single girls. Cause like that will work. And, um, it's not like, not like, yeah, I would be like, Oh, let's talk and stuff. But I was like that, that's harmless, you know? And like Josh Salm came up, like Salm come up to me and he was like, Hey, who's that? Like, what do you, you know what he say? Like, did he have a good line? And I was like, mm-hmm. he was actually really nice and he was super young. And he's like, yeah, if I see him though, like, and he, he acts weird, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah i don't know i i find it i find it uh interesting how people i don't know i don't know i think a lot of fights or you know violence starts like that because you know like don't don't be macking on my chick or whatever they say nowadays i'm not sure what they (laughs) say and i think that that's amazing that you kind of let that like you know if he's nice and polite you let it just be like oh what do you have to say it's like listening to like watching someone try to act and play a part yeah, well, like, there, there was a video, it went viral on Facebook, talking about why men don't approach women. And I'm fascinated by the psychology behind, you know, just uh, the different genders, like, you know, men and women, and just how they approach, like, dating and stuff. And this video, talk, it's great. I can't think of the guy, uh, the guy who is speaking in it, but he basically is like, you don't understand, like, the guys who are coming up to you typically are jerks. So the mm. ones that are nice that come up to you, they probably wanted to go up to a hundred different girls and you're the one that they felt like it was appropriate to do. So if you have a nice guy, if you discourage him, you could be fucking up his mentality for the next hundred girls that he might want to talk to. And like, I don't want to be responsible for like making guy feel insecure when in reality, it's like, it has nothing to do with you. It's completely me. I'm, I'm in a monogamous relationship. Like, so I, I appreciate it and I'm flattered, but, um, you know, if you can respect that, like, (laughs) so, I, I try to be at least somewhat considerate with that, like, you know, how to, even if it's just a small interaction, how is my response and how I handle a situation, how is it going to affect that per, uh, how's it going to affect that person, you know, moving forward with, with other females? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think it's, it's fear. It's like, I mean, for guys, it's mostly not, it's like, you know, you're, you're just going to be, you know, they're going to say no, don't even ask, you know, um, you know, if you do ask, you know, uh, they'll probably say no. Like that's usually the, the, the whole point. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you don't know till you ask. And you know, it's hard to tell the, the only issue I have with like, is you can't tell if someone's married or, I mean, you can tell if they have a ring. Um, sometimes they don't wear a ring. Sometimes they, you know, they don't say these things or in their, if you're in a relationship, then you don't know that person if they're in the relationship. So I find it, I find it interesting how people try to approach it and people have a lot of, I love, I love pickup lines when I hear them. I'm like, man, that was a pretty good one. Then I also hear those ones. I'm like, Oh, that's really bad, man. Don't try that again. (laughs) Leave that where you found it. Don't, (laughs) don't bring that to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some people have like really corny ones, which I find hilarious, but um, Mm -hmm. um, like, Oh, is, is it hot outside? Because you're so hot. I don't know. I'm like, what? What does that mean? Like, 
you, you like you could have thought for 30 minutes wrote down something very poetic and you you went in with that i don't know i find it f- fascinating yeah some of the some of the ones like that that are corny and like overly forward overly sexual and just like no try again like actually go back to like where if you if you're at the gym if you're at your house like please go back and try again that was terrible and i i've told guys that like not to be like i've told them like hey that would not have worked and i'm actually like really creeped out by that i don't even like please don't talk to me again like that was weird i've had that happen a few times where i'm just like oh that was cringeworthy yeah, someone is really. I don't know. I find it really cringy. I'm like, ugh. But yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I, I, people asking people stuff is weird. I don't know. Like communication so weird. <laughs> I'm like, like why would you say that? Like I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I think people don't think. Maybe it's just because that's the way I think about it. I'm like, just say it. Don't you know? Play the numbers game. You know, if there's a hundred mm-hmm. people there, then ask all hundred. Yeah. One well, out think, of hundred. I think. A lot of people are worried that they're going to say too much. Mm-hmm. And um, that it's like what I was saying before is like if you can get over that fear of sounding like you're talking too much, which I, I think subconsciously a lot of women have that fear because, you know, growing up we're told that. We're told like, you know, you if, if you're a blabber, if you if you talk too much, guys aren't going to like you. So as you get older, you're like, oh, I don't want to be that girl. Like, I hate that girl. I don't want to be her. I don't want guys to think of me that way. If you can get over that fear and learn to communicate at least, you know, relatively effectively, you're going to solve a lot of miscommunications that you're probably having. And, you know, I do think miscommunications are very common, you know, um, between genders and, you know, even between the same genders. And if you can just learn to be like, hey, okay, like, I, I know this might sound weird, but, and then fill in, like, whatever you think the person is thinking and just, you know, overly explain to them, I mean, you could be entirely wrong, but if there is a miscommunication, you could solve it right there. And that person would be like, oh, shit, you're cool. Like, my bad. Like, I don't know why I thought this, but that's what I was thinking. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. I always find that interesting. I don't know. Well, I, 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 we could talk for 20 hours or whatever, eight hours or whatever you do. It's just, it's so, like, I mean, like, that's, that uh, people, the, your story is amazing and who you are is amazing. I mean... I don't reach out to everybody. I mean, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I, I pick my battles. Um, so You're selective, yeah. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of people, you know, just tell everybody. I'm like, well, uh, some people I don't agree with, so I would probably, I mean, I would love to talk to someone who I disagree with, but that's just <laughs> my personality because, you know, there's so many people on this planet. There's 8 billion people. Why not speak to these 8 billion people? And everyone has a different perspective and different style of living and, you know, you're not always going to agree. And I honestly like conflict, just me personally. I'm a conflict person. Um, some people aren't. Some Like, I'm a very composed individual, but I enjoy mm-hmm. watching fights and violence. And, I mean, it, I'm a, it makes me a terrible. I, I don't know if it makes me a terrible person, but it's interesting. No, 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 no. I, so I do have a question for you. Mm. So with watching conflicts, um, so I, I'm not going to paint a specific scenario, but just in this situation, if you see, you know, someone of higher power kind of berating the people below them or berating people around them constantly, constantly, would you say something? Would you stand up to them? Would you just kind of let it fester and be like, you know what? It's not my place. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get a better sense of like, 
with because I'm the opposite. I'm not a conflict person. I'm like, oh, like I know certain times I should speak up, but as a conflict person, is it more the stance of like, like interjecting or just kind of like interesting? I'm going to take this into account as I formulate opinions about X person. Okay, okay. This is this is a great question. I mean, like I I don't I think this might help a lot of people. The the conflict part is a moment. Okay. The, the everything you do before that from preparation to execution so all the preparation takes a lot of time um why you why do you disagree why are you going to go up to this person it's like questioning that and then after you know that you want to do it like you want to start a conflict um you know you don't want to start a conflict you cannot win um that's just picking your wars you know um because you know you don't want to take damage you, you want you want to win basically um this is just like the art of war or anything that you do yeah. it's it's about picking the conflict and how much do you want to hurt the person are you trying to hurt the person because they're doing a bad job are you trying to change the changing something is always what i say you know um say someone you know abusing people and, and uh, abusing their workers well you expose it first that's usually what you do you say hey look at this guy um, if speaking doesn't work, you go straight to the nuclear bomb. That's just my way of doing it. You go straight to them. You say, hey, I want to talk to you. Um, let's discuss this. Um, you don't necessarily have to get in a fist fight with them. But, you know, some people do need to be smacked. Um, that is just uh, a, a single single opinion here. Um, you know, I've been in, you know, I've, I've, I've done MMA fights. So I have three fights already. So it's like me. I, I, that is. That is really cool. Me and Josh are actually huge UFC fans. Oh, okay, okay. So, so this is like my my whole life. It's like just you know. Of course, I I would love to be in the UFC or Bellator or whatever. You know, I'm looking at my options right now. Um, and also, I need I need to take time to figure out how how my body works. I mean, it's mostly preparation. Like all that stuff is execution, and that's I just look at it like fighting anything like fight. Just because I, it's on my success with it, I dream about it. I shadow box in the middle of the night. Um, I, like I'm obsessed. So the, the way I approach things is in that way. You know, you don't want to fight someone you don't, you know, I can't fight Conor McGregor. I would, I, mm-hmm. I might last around, you know, it's just an honest truth. And if you can't be honest with yourself, you know, that's why you see people lose a lot um, because they're not honest with themselves. They're not like, Oh, well, I probably have to, you know, spend a year learning this and that and, you know, improving myself or healing my body. Um, mm-hmm. um, so you got to approach it in a way where, you don't get into bad conflict. I mean, I think I could beat him just because of my mentality, but that's not, that's not, you know, skill wise. That's wishful. Yeah. And of course, there's fighting's different because, I mean, like, it's like anything, like anything can happen. I mean, I've seen, you know, you know. Michael Chandler, do you see him? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, that was so bad. Like, mm-hmm. um, just like when, uh, was it UFC 217? Just came by uh, Joanny and Jake Jack got the you know the shit shit beating out of her and you know that it just, it just happens you know you're 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 champ one day and then you lose the next it's yeah. and the reason is is because she, you know conflict she taking conflict by conflict so you got to look at the person and say oh how am I going to beat this person and it's not necessarily beating them it's like trying to overcome things sometimes it's yourself you know anxiety pressure composure um you know it, it's all these things and anything can happen i mean like if i hit conor mcgregor in the right spot i would win it's just a fact the chances of that happening are very low um but you know as i develop and i get better and better there's going to be a point where he's older than me um 
and he's going to be diminishing returns. And is he going to get out of fighting before I go up there and knock him out? The question is that. The, the, the question is, how much do you want to develop and stuff? I don't know how this got into fighting. I love fighting so much. Like, I, I, I dream, I sleep. I, I, Dude, you know. we could do a podcast just on fighting. And, like, I would that would be crazy. Like, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, no, Josh got me into fighting. So if you ever want to talk fighting, like, oh, dude, dude, I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's my passion. I mean, I'm, I've been, my whole life has been fighting. I mean, Taekwondo when I was a kid, I've done jujitsu, I've done MMA. I like, it's just a, it's a life. I mean, um, that's cool. I, I've done, I, I did actually in Virginia, I trained with Ryan Hall, not Ryan, but I trained at Ryan Hall's gym with mm-hmm. Ton Lee. He was on um, the ultimate fighter. I don't know yeah. if you remember him. I remember that one. Uh, dude, I, I'm like a statistician up here. Okay. So Perfect. people get mad. Yeah. So yeah. we, me and Josh, we trained uh, Muay Thai for three months mm-hmm. and, uh, that was actually when we lost our jobs. And that was like, honestly, one of the fucking worst parts about all that is I was like, dude, I don't even, I don't know what was going to happen because I had stopped lifting. Like I was only training Muay Thai five times a week. I was doing sparring, which like I'm sure I shouldn't be doing, but like they were letting us, they were like, we're just going to try it. Like, I mean, it was so fucking fun, like insanely fun. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to find a gym here, but it's just one of those things like got to figure out first, okay, where are we settling down financially? What's affordable? Mm -hmm. Do we want to do Muay Thai? Do we want to get into jujitsu? Um, you know, so, but yeah, no, that's so cool. That's awesome. That's super so, random. Too. I, oh yeah. 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 I, didn't, I didn't even know that. I don't bring up fighting because a lot of people don't either like get the wrong perspective or like, they just don't yeah. understand it. So anytime I, I, I can talk to someone about that, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's like, you know, you know, I have like many layers. Everyone has layers to them, you know, like, Absolutely. Oh, do you like that? Yeah. But yeah, I think, I don't know. Fighting, I think it's such a, a thing that you can implement into your entire life. I mean, mm-hmm. conflict, I mean, that if you don't, like, the problem I have with people that don't fight, and a lot of people think they can fight, and I'm like, uh, dude, just relax, man. You're not ready for this game. Like, you know, and it's hard to tell that to an actual fighter. Like, if you told me that I cannot beat this certain person, and I think I can beat him, you're going to be like, I'm going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm going to knock that person out, and then, you know, you have the situation of, well, he's more skilled than you. He understands this better. I'm like, well, it's not going to happen. I mean, I'm a striker rather than, you know, uh, fuck. I mean, I love jujitsu, but it's, mm-hmm. I, I get frustrated really quick and I've gotten better at that. But like, you know, cause it's like a constant, it's like a fucking chess game. I've never, like, I've never mm-hmm. played a fucking chess game like that complicated. It's like I move forward and you move here. I'm like, fuck, you know, I just want to, I just want to, <laughs> you know, either stand up or do something else. Yeah. Like it just gets complicated. And then, you know, a uh, striking is so fun. And like, uh, especially learning like under Ton and then his brother, Vin, mm-hmm. it was crazy. Like how technical their class was. Like it wasn't, like, okay, so this is the first um, MMA gym that I've trained at. And it's seriously, like, I'm so disappointed I didn't train with Ryan uh, working on jiu-jitsu because he, that is what their gym is known for. And they actually just brought Ton and his brother Vin in uh, from Louisiana, like, literally a month before we started training. And, like, the striking program's brand new. So Ton, I think he's been, he's 32. He's been doing striking. Uh, he's been doing I don't want to fuck that up. He's been doing striking for literally since he was like five or six. And like, he's so good with teaching and like, I'm like not very coordinated at all. Like I, I can learn, but like he was just, uh, he was a great mentor. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, I mean, it was like an honor to work under him and like, 
it would be really cool if I were to continue training here and then like go back and like see him and like show and be like, dude, I, I kept with it. Like, you know, and now I, I don't know. I don't know what that means if I'm going to use it as a hobby or get in fighting, but like, it's so much fun. The striking aspect. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an amazing thing. I mean, you know, I'm one of those people that likes to learn from everybody. So, you know, I absorb shit like, like a sponge. So I like, you know, people like, it's all about the team, 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 team. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it's an individual sport. I think you should learn from everybody. And then people are like, you're crazy. Like you shouldn't be learning from this person and that person. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, are you crazy? That dude knows something you don't. And you should learn from, I mean, like fighting is such a, it's, it's such a mix. Like, I mean, um, you talk about like Bruce Lee and how his philosophy I think is the best is the be like water or whatever you want to call it is because you adapt to whatever situation you go to because, um, you know, I've been rocked before that, that was, you know, it's a scary moment. I mean, I, I, you know, um, it's like, you're just kind of in a daze like you're fucked up um and then you're like i'm not gonna lose i'm not gonna lose or you you just say stuff to yourself and a lot of people say different things i mean i love george st pierre because he's such an honest motherfucker like oh, he's yes. like he's awesome. i remember i remember i saw him on what was it i forget another podcast but i think it was the mma hour and he was just sitting there like i was so fucking scared i threw out my breakfast i threw out my breakfast again and uh i you know what do i do when i put my head bandana on me i say i am the best i am george i am the best and then you know he goes in there and chokes out michael bispy so you yeah. that guy is the most honest person cuz nobody says like everybody's like i'm the baddest motherfucker i'm like dude this yeah. guy understands the fear um i mean the I have like the the great thing about starting when you're younger. I mean, like skill wise, and I think you can develop really fast. And like, say you wanted to fight, like just for you, right? Yeah. Say Corey was like, I want to fight. Like, I legitimately want to see how it is. I want, you know, I'm not gonna go to the UFC, but I want to do one amateur fight. I would say, well, take about three to four years, train your ass off, learn different styles, mix it up, and learn how you work with many different styles together. Because everybody, some people don't like the ground because Mm -hmm. it feels weird or they don't like it as much as striking. And everybody has, like, aspects they enjoy more, which, you know, I try to enjoy all of it. But, you know, the honest truth is some people don't enjoy the ground game or the striking game. Um, So... I mean, Damian Mai is a perfect example like that. He he's fucking insane on the ground. I mean, I, you know, he's a. F- I mean, of course, he's a huge like he should be fighting light heavyweight. Um, that that made me so sad to see like what happened that fight with Colby and mm-hmm. like now what Colby's like. I mean, it's smart. It's so smart of him to do what he's doing, but it's sad. It's same thing with um, Donald Cerrone and I mean, it's sorry, it's kind of different, but it's sad for me to see like older fighters who are <laughs> legends go down like that, you know, and like with Damien, it was like, dude, you're not even playing your game. And like, I think that's what Joe, Joe and uh, Brennan were talking about on the Joe Rogan podcast, like saying how like, yeah, Colby beat a non striker, like a guy who knows how to strike. And yes, he's amazing. But like, that's not his forte. Like, that's not a specialty. Like, try to roll with him and see what happens. Mm -hmm. I love Joe. Joe, Joe, um, I don't think he remembers, but I met him once. I was like, Man, I was probably like 16. It was a few years ago. Uh-huh. And, you know, he taught me how, you know, how he has a, the most badass back kick I've ever seen. And I think it's on YouTube as well. So if you want to learn it, like, you know, but he showed me that shit. I was like, damn, you know, I, I never used a back kick in Taekwondo. Um, mm-hmm. So I was always like, 
because I was scared I was going to get hit in the face or, you know, something was going to happen. I just didn't want to do it. So, you know, the way he taught me properly was like, fuck. I was like, I hope he remembers that, but he probably doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it was like a, a minute, yeah. minute, minute talking to each other. That's it. That was it. But um, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. We actually saw him live. We were front row live in DC for his last stand up bit. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Like it was so good. Like um, he's amazing. I, I love his podcast. I think he's a very insightful dude. And what I really like about him is he is older. You know, he, I think he's almost 50. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's in the older generation, but he is progressive. Like, I mean, he understands what like is happening in society with the younger generation and social media and just influencers and, um, influencer marketing. And he, he gets it and he might not understand it the way I get it or the way, you know, other people in our generation do, but he respects it. And like, that is so rare nowadays that I'm just like, dude, you're representing, you're representing your generation really well because you are so open-minded and you're not locked into your bubble of what you think life should be or how you think people should be. And that just makes me happy. Cause it's like for every one person like that, there's like a hundred people who don't get it. And they're just, they're, they're kind of ugly and hateful about younger people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I could talk fighting all day. It's just such a, <laughs> um, it's so, it's so different. Like, it's not like certain things are great. I mean, like you can be great at one thing, but this is like, you're trying to be great at everything. Like it's impossible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love every fighter. So it's like, I mean, like I don't have an animosity. It's just, I mean, most, most of the time they're kind of playing an act, not acting, but like, you know, trying to sell the fight, mm-hmm. you know, that's usually what they're doing. I mean, whether you're fighting for 50 people or 500 people or, uh, you know, msg 80,000 i don't know i have you know i'm never you know i don't know how i'm gonna crumble in the lights like some people say like oh you've only done like 500 or a thousand people like you don't know what it is to be in that real situation so i'm looking forward to that whenever that happens i don't you know that's really cool are you so are you looking at an amateur fight next are you in like a phase that you have to like really tailor what you're doing and then like maybe in a couple years well I'm one of the, you know, I don't want to be no cowboy surrounding, just no, no offense to him, just because he fights way yeah. too much. He should, he should, you know, he honestly should take time to, but he's cowboy. That's the whole know, reason. Yeah. Like he fights anyone, anywhere, you know, when he got smoked by Darren Till, I was like, damn, this kid's, this kid's, that kid's a monster. I've never, you know, there's monsters out there, but that kid's a monster. Um, and no, so I'm kind of worried about like Michael Bisbang fighting Kevin. Gaffer. No, 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 no. You well, shouldn't be worried. It, it's sad. If, there, sh- if something goes wrong and he loses, it's going to be sad. Cause it, it was kind of, for me at least, it was, it was cool for GSP, but it was also sad because Bisbang is so like underrated in my opinion. Like so many people shit on him when he's good. Like he, we got to give him some props and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That, that, this is—I don't know what Michael Bisping thinks. I, ha- I haven't heard anything from him, but you know, I think he just really wants to get over the kind of last fight. Um, mm. I mean, that's just with me. Like, anytime if I'm—I haven't lost yet, so it's like if I'm gonna lose the next fight, um, then I just want to go to the next one. There's no, there's no reason to pause. And I don't yeah. think—I don't think he got really hurt really bad. I think it was mostly. He got choked out, so it wasn't like yeah. he, he got blasted with strikes. And of course, since he's fighting, he must have been cleared. Uh, 
Yeah, and let me yeah let me clarify because he he's in great condition to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kevin Kevin has hands right. Like I mean, mm-hmm. he is like like he's he's a heavy hitter. Like um, I've only. I, you know, I watched the season, you know, where he won on tough mm-hmm. and I watched one of his fights. I think where he lost, I, I guess it was, uh, the Tyrone Woodley fight. Mm. I think that's right. Was um, Ty- hmm? yeah, I think so. I, I think I'm. He fought yeah. Tyron. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Is it, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was, uh, see, that's the problem with fighting is like, there's so many fights, but yeah, yeah. I think it was Tyron, but yeah. Um, but I, are- I like, I like Kevin, so I don't want him like. I don't know. It's hard because now I'm getting emotion. I've only been into UFC and like the, like watching the sport for like a year and a half now. Um, like the first year Josh and I dated, I was like, yeah, I'll go to B-dubs with you. Like this is it's better than football in my opinion. And after like, after the Joanna and Carolina, and then I think it was, uh, I don't remember. It was Connor and someone um, before the Mayweather fight, that was uh, Connor's last fight. I watched that one and I started to get really into it because I really liked the female division and Joanna. I was like, oh, dude, you're awesome. But I really like Carolina. Like, I love her demeanor. I love her attitude. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, so I just got a little thing that said poor connection. Um, let me see real Can quick. you hear me? Can you at least hear me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Are you – so I meant – I probably should have asked this earlier. Are you recording the faces too or just the voice? Uh, both. I do both. Okay. Cause I, okay. So like, I don't know. I think like Joe, I don't know. I feel like everyone fights differently and I don't think anyone understands when to leave, when to stop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the hard part knowing like when, when is your, when, when's your last fight? When, when is it a good time? Um, you know, there, there are people that in my opinion have left too early, but you know, maybe that was a sign that their heart wasn't in it. Um, like I really liked Anthony Rumble, mm. uh, but he doesn't want to fight. He he doesn't, he doesn't. want. Like yeah. uh, like I think he just does it for the money. That's my my uh, what from what he said. I've I'm, from what I understand, he's that's the only reason why he fights. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that that's a great reason. But you know, everybody's going to have their own opinion. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like when you when you were trying to be the best in the world, it has to be for more than the money. Like you can't just make it, you can't be money driven. And I think that applies to like the fitness industry strongly. You know, anyone who right now is trying to get into online coaching or into mm-hmm. influencing, if you're doing it for the money, I promise you're going to fail and you're not going to enjoy the process. It is not fun. And if you're money oriented, if you're money hungry, it's going to be a tough road. And that, uh, that is like the biggest piece of advice. Like I I tell younger, like not younger, but newer people into the industry who are trying to get in now, you know, after the, you know, after it really took off is, uh, you know, Hey, just really consider why do you want to do this? Like, why, why are you actually doing it? And if it's money, that's okay, but you need to identify it and you need to brace yourself. You need to know it's going to be a very, a very long road. It's going to be very stressful and you're not going to get the, the highs the same way that someone who's not money hungry would, um, if, you know, if, if that's your, your motivator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, I don't know. He kind of, he put a real perspective on it that I've never heard. Um, it was like, I'm an athlete, not a fighter. I like, I, I'm really good at this, but I'm not, I don't love fighting. Like, you know, 
he, oh, that's right. Yeah, that that was his. Uh, um, which nobody ever says. I'm like, what? You know, this is a new way of looking at fighting. Which I, you know, I love when someone puts perspective on something that no one's ever thought of. And he basically said that, and then all throughout, like people start saying, "You're not a, you're not a fighter. You're a fucking athlete." And I'm like, like I'm like, what the heck is this? This is a new thing. Um, he started that sh- shit. Like I, I've never heard that before. Um, the athlete versus a fighter. Um, which you can be an athlete and become a fighter. So it's like, what? You know, it's kind of yeah. cool. I would love Tim to come back. I think he needs to fight DC again. Number three. I don't know. I also uh, want to see GSP and Conor McGregor because I'm just about the madness. And I also want to see TJ versus DJ. I played oh video games with DJ. He's amazing. He's an amazing man. <laughs> um, pound for pound. King. There's no question. No, no. I feel bad DJ? that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. So, yeah, yeah. You go on. I, I get too excited. No, no, I was going to say, I uh, I feel like DJ is just a wonderful representation of the sport. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully Rose will do a few title defenses and, and stay in long enough to where she can make that kind of impact. I, I fucking love Rose. Like, mm-hmm. we actually, uh, we met her at the Arnold this past year, and I didn't know who she was, but Josh did. And he's like, yo, like, that's Rose Namajunas. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, and he got a picture with her and mm-hmm. she was such a sweetheart. And, um, just like her, how she carries herself. I, I, re- I respect the hell out of her as an athlete and just as an individual, like, I mean, she's actually, if I had to like identify like people that inspire me, I have a very small list, but she's definitely on it. Mm-hmm. And, um, no, I, I really, I hope that she can, uh, defend, you know, the belt and really just, I don't know, kind of beef up the female division, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She has she has a bunch of monsters waiting, which I'm. That is a scary place to be in. That <laughs> like I don't know, like you know, it's great when it's a lot lot easier, especially if you don't have like a championship. I mean, like smaller circuits have championships. Cage Warriors, which Conor McGregor won in the UK. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of small, like a lot of amateurs. Like nobody ever really talks about this, but a lot of amateurs could beat the shit out of professionals. The problem is, is that. I mean, all those Russians dudes over there that fight, I mean, like, they're all killers. Like, you know, there's this uh, new guy in the UFC, Volkan Ozdemir. Man. Oh, he, yeah. He, no time. That's Dude, I love his stick. No time. I got no time. I'm like, you know, <laughs> and for me, like, as you know, I'm a, you know, I, I've been, like, every time I have to think about a walk, like, the stuff I don't like thinking about is the walkout song. Um, I don't like thinking what I'm going to say. I don't like any of that stuff. It's so hard for me. Like I'm like, oh, so I'm gonna put ah, the tiger on or something. Like <laughs> I need something, but like it's so hard to figure out what you're gonna do. And I don't have a nickname yet, which I think I'll, uh, I'm kind of late on that. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to call myself? Or is this supposed to be like people say? I'm like, I don't know. I, I feel I find it interesting. How many fights have you had? Uh, three. Okay, cool. That's no, I was. Um, that's what I thought you said. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's a. And are you are you three and zero? Yes. That's cool. That congratulations. That I mean, that is. I see a lot of amateur fighters. Um, I, I feel like I see a lot of females in Invicta who have like really choppy records, like because they start off and they take so many fights too quickly before they're experienced, and um, it's it. I feel like it's very rare to see someone who has a really clean, impressive record. Mm, it's hard. It's hard. I'm gonna lose eventually. <laughs> people don't. People think like, oh, undefeated, so amazing. I'm like, dude, that's too much pressure. Like, 
Like even the best loose, Conor McGregor's loss multiple times. And look at uh, Cody Garbrandt. This was his first loss, and that was oh man, I really wanted. I, I was going for him in the fight. I mean, I, I like TJ, but I I really do like Cody. Um, and I, I like his style of fighting. I mean, fucking TJ is amazing as well. Like I mean, they're both. That was a really good matchup, but uh, yeah, that was his first loss, and like it'll be cool to see how he comes back if it's like a like kind of a Rousey situation. I, I don't think that's likely, but nah, nah. if he does have issues like coming back and like you know getting uh, getting his rhythm, I think I don't know that that division needs to be like it's like the champion. I don't know. I feel like the champions like you have these. I mean, recently it's been like people have been getting knocked out. The champion's been getting knocked out. I mean, divisions are like those damn interim belts got me all all up here. Like I'm like I'm not like I can't I can't handle another one of those damn interim belts. Like like that that's just a big issue. If I'm like like this was like a it was a brand new thing like a couple years ago. It's just like interim belt, interim belt, interim belt. I'm like you need to stop with this shit. Like like I need to see who the who's the real champion. Like is Tony yeah. Ferguson the champion and Conor McGregor since he's been out? Is Max Holloway the champion? Because you know like it's it's all these questions I have. But besides that, I, I think Cody Cody will come back. Um, the question is is he going to learn from his fight with TJ? Like how. How can he adjust to to TJ's style? Because from what I see from TJ, he's he's changing camps, he's learning new things. Which he said this as well, I believe. You know that the learning new things you you rely too much. People rely on too much on their one aspect, and I do that myself. Not not to knock anyone, like it. I rely on striking much more than I do on jujitsu. It's a fact. Um, I think he relies way too much on striking. He he he. You know, and they're, he's not as uh, versatile. You know, TJ is like a freaking uh, Swiss Army knife. You know, he just throws, yeah. he'll kick you in the head. Like that, that's, that's the honest truth of that. So we'll see how he does. I think, I think he'll be back. He'll be in there. The question is, when do you leave? You know, he's 28, he's, or 25. He's, he's young, young. You know? mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, when do you leave? When do you come back? Like, what fights do you take? You know, it's a lot yeah. of questions. Well, and like, I mean, going on the going on the aspect of like, you know, when do you leave? Um, did you hear Uriah is willing to take a fight with TJ? Like, he's willing to come out of retirement. Fuck. Do it. This is the only time you should come back out of retirement if it's a big fight. <laughs> if it's a big fight, like, yeah, you know, you're gonna, of course, you're gonna make a lot of money. Of course, you're gonna like. You, there has to be a lot of things in line. If if that can, if they can make that happen, I would love to see that. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to see him fight like some other person, like Dominic Cruz or, you know, Jose Aldo again. Or like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to watch a fight like that. I would want him to be paired with the new, the new champion, which is TJ. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But just, I also want to see TJ versus DJ. <laughs> I totally well, want to see that. Well, did I mean I think I have it correct? Doesn't TJ? Mighty Mouse isn't going to fight him until he does it. Does a fight in one twenty five and wins it because he's like, I'm not fucking cutting weight and like then losing out on that again. Like that's happened to him. Like it keeps happening to him. Um, mm-hmm. So like I'd be interested who would TJ fight as like a, a warm up in the one twenty fives. I don't. There's a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe he could fight Reyes or Benavides is out. I want to see Benavides go against mm-hmm. Mighty Mouse one more time. Um, but. He my, the problem with Mighty Mouse is he cleared the fucking division. He's not he's cleared <laughs> the whole fucking division twice. Like he you know you could if you cross the list he's crossed it twice down to like <laughs> seven or eight. Um, so he's finished the list. Like there's nothing for him 
there. He could just continue fighting and set that <laughs> record to damn near 25. I, I guarantee you could probably set it at 20. Um, yeah. So, um, is it, what, uh, is it Henry? Is Henry, it Henry, Henry Burrow? Cejudo? Cejudo? Oh, Cejudo. Yeah, yeah. I think he has a fight coming up. Okay. I didn't know. I, I think it's, yeah, I think that sounds right actually on a, on the December 9th card. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So it's like <laughs> DJ just cleared damn division. So yeah. I, and TJ's not cleared a damn division. This is just my, my point, And I, I bet Mountie Mass, he would take the, if there was good money, if it was like a couple million dollars, he might take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think TJ should be not allowed, but you know, if it does go down to 125, I would actually like to see Mighty Mouse go up just because yeah. he's cleared the damn division. He's done it all in that division. Why not become double champ and, mm-hmm. you know, um, see how that goes and then clear that division. Cause TJ has not fought Dominic. I want to see him fight Dominic again. Um, you got Jimmy Rivera, who's a freaking kill. Was it Jimmy Rivera? Not Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy Rivera's a freaking killer. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that, that he needs to get, get through. And you got this Uriah Favor fight, which is like sort of a super fight because, you know, um, Uriah's mostly fought at 45. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. I, I don't know why I was thinking he was at 135. Oh, dude. I'm, you know, like, I think a lot of people don't realize this is we can fight at a lot of different weights. Um, <laughs> optimum weights is different. You know, Mighty Mouse is at his optimal. He could probably go down to 115 if he really wanted to, if they made a division. I, I'm advocating a 150. It's kind of too light because people don't like light. But I would like to see Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse could p- fight at one, 135, 115, and 125. Yeah. There's no 115 division, but he could yeah. do those three. Usually people could do three. Some people can do four. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like um, like George St. Pierre can do 155 if he, if he really wanted to, if he wanted to cut that weight. but He could, but I feel like... I feel like he would, like, I think it was in the post-fight interview, they were, or the, like, press conference, they were asking him, like, you know, would you consider that in, like, his, his, like, hesitation, he's like, I could have done it that, you know, four years ago, four or five years ago, but I gained muscle since then, like, I, I can do it, but it would be a lot harder now, and um, he was just talking about fitting better into uh, the 170s, like, now, mm-hmm. like, whereas before, he wasn't a perfect match for it, but now, now he's developed more muscle, and he is, which I, it's so funny, because, like, watching Tough, I'm like, dude, like, I would love to, like, help these girls and guys, even with their nutrition, and, mm-hmm. like, help them figure out how to cut weight in a healthy way. Cause like some of the shit I hear from their like trainers and their like their dietitians, I'm like, that's so bad for your training. Like that is actually the, if you could explain like, here's the worst diet to follow for like a, a weight cut and, you know, for fighting, like, you know, an endurance sport, it's like, yeah, that's that low fat, low carb, extremely high protein for an 150 pound girl. Yeah. Okay. Like let's mm-hmm. see how she performs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a nutritionist just now, so people were really like, you know, it's. I th- I get it. I look at it from the fighter's perspective. It's always like, man, I don't want any help. Like, it's like I can do this shit on my own. Like, it's just, it's just. You, that's the mentality that I think most people have, and you do need help. <laughs> like, like weight cutting's fucking terrible. It's a terrible process. I mean, um, unless you cut no weight, which I do not advocate, because usually. I mean, like George is gaining weight, which is different. Um, George build muscle. He's he's at that one eighty five, but he's not a big one eighty five er. He's a very mm-hmm. small. I mean, I'm scared for 
Robert Whitaker to come up there and just just like he, he there's scary people up there. You got Yoel Romero as well, man. That man's monster. I think yeah. I think he should fight Bisping in London. Um and that should be Bisping's last fight. Um Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just you know, Bisping needs to go out, he's thirty eight, you know, he knows it. Um and Anderson Silva needs to fucking leave. He's forty two. Oh gosh. Who who and is he? Got, he, he was gonna fight Kelvin Gasler. Oh, and he dropped okay. the he he dropped out because he got flagged because he's taking some steroids, um, and it's the fucking truth. And I, you know, my boy John Jones, I love Johnny Bone Jones, but he's doing too much cocaine. He's doing, you know, I don't know what he's doing over there. So, did you hear on the recap um, on the Joe Rogan Experience? I I don't like if you already heard, you can tell me. But uh, mm. basically, Joe. It's hard to read it, but it sounds like he's basically getting info from the UFC that they want to make it seem like it's not steroids. So, um, did you hear that part of the podcast? No, no, I haven't. I haven't heard his podcast in like a week, so it's I haven't heard anything. So, yeah, that's interesting. That's good perspective. Get that information. Yeah, basically, Joe is like trying to make it seem like, yeah, what they found was coke, or no. What he was taking... It was, was laced. It was laced. His it, cocaine it was, was laced. It was creatine, and it was oh. a form of creatine that was made in China that they used to cut cocaine. And it was, like, funny because, like, I don't really know Brennan Schaub. Like, I, I don't listen to his podcast. I've only heard of the few um, on Joe's. But, like, it was funny because, like, Joe was like, yeah, I heard it from a source. And, like, he's like, I can't say. And, like, even, like, Brennan's reaction was like... Yeah, like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, someone told you to say that. Someone told you, like, that is part of your press release. That was at least the read I got from it. And, like, I I don't really – I'm not emotionally invested in John Jones just because, like, he – honestly, he was kind of before I got into UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, he's an incredible fighter. It's just it, – it sucks. What sucks about it is it's, like, yeah, they have all these testings and stuff. But, like, <laughs> like fucking Nate Diaz says, like, everyone is on drugs. Like, mm-hmm. everyone. I, I strongly – I believe that if you're trying to be the best in the world, like that is what you're going to do. And like, I don't, I I've come to terms with that is like, you can't, you can't be ignorant with those kind of athletes. Mm-hmm. There, There's like, you know, there's a lot of people you can say aren't drugs. I mean, Kevin Gaslin has been, been yes, but it, he said it was weed. So <laughs> weed's good. <laughs> so the question is like, what can you not like there, you know, for me, I don't take any supplements because you know, um, of course, in the amateur leagues, like I'm, I'm fighting people that take steroids. That's a fact. Um, I'm probably gonna lose to someone who's taking steroids. I mean, like the question is, like, all those things have different shit. And like, you go to any local vitamin shoppy or whatever, half of those products are banned, or you should probably be taking them. Um, well, and the sad thing is. I really do believe a lot of those products, um, and I, again, like working for a supplement company, I was actually able to see this like firsthand, not from the company I worked for, but from other companies um, through our manufacturer is that a lot of manufacturers will use raws, uh, like raw ingredients for companies and they won't tell them, yeah, this is, there's meth in here. Like <laughs> there will actually be real drugs that have, you know, addictive properties and like great, okay, this company just profited because all their customers are like, yeah, this shit works. I feel great. Like, my workouts are awesome. I get a sick pump. But in reality, it's like, you don't realize, like, what you're putting in your body. And that is extremely, extremely concerning um, for any kind of athlete, you know, especially in your in your case where, like, you do have a, a long-term goal. You know, you are trying to, you know, eventually work up to the UFC. And it's like, you could take something, you know, very, like, um, 
not not naively, just like very blindly, like, yeah, like your your nutritionist says, take this, you could take it and you know, think, okay, this is Gucci, I'm fine. And then you, you know, that sucks. Like if you're taking something and you don't even know the full extent of where the raws are sourced from. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Wake Kitty's fucking fucking terrible. I I mean, I fought at 135, 135 twice, uh, and then yeah. I, I was like, fuck it, let's do 155, <laughs> one week's notice, let's do it. And uh-huh. I don't know what it is about, like, it, you just don't feel good at all. It's like draining. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm taking, like, you're just trying to lose weight as fast as possible. Um, and yeah. it's unhealthy. It's very unhealthy. I mean, like, I lost yeah. I lost 20 pounds in, like, what? a matter of few days like or i don't even know maybe it was a week but that's a lot of weight like like i was doing it unhealthy i mean like i'm you're supposed to do it slowly which i did not realize you know it's just like oh we gotta get in there man like it got to be ready no i uh i've only prepped for a powerlifting meet once Mm -hmm. and i didn't really have to cut weight for it um i was pretty lean and i cut water weight so i cut like five pounds water which is nothing like easy um but for my, not my last show, but the show before that, I was stupid and wanted to challenge myself. And I, I dropped 25 pounds in 10 weeks, which for a girl, like basically mm-hmm. for, for, for a guy, that would be double. So 50 pounds in 10 weeks. Yeah. It was just way too extreme. Like I previously had done longer preps and lost weight at a really slow rate. And it worked. And I was like, okay, fuck it. I'll try it the other way now and see if this works. And, uh, oh, my God, that was the worst mistake ever. I'll never do that again just because, like, there's so hard on my body. And, like, uh, hmm. what fighters go through I know is, like, that much worse. Like, that would be that would be really hard. Um, like, if I – so I, I walk around about 140 right now, but I compete about 125. And that's, like, extremely lean. Like, that's, that's the leanest I've been. Let me say that. There are girls that get way leaner, but um, – <laughs> If I were fighting, like, yeah, it would be nice to be like, yeah, I'll just go down to 115, but I don't think that'd be possible. Like, I, I don't, I don't think with. They got a 125 division opening up. I know. I know. I'm excited. I think Rose should go go get that title. I don't know. It's double champ, triple. I don't know what it is about this triple champ, double champ thing. Like, I would love to see Connor also fight Tyron. I can't even say Every time I hear that word, I'm like, Tyron, Tyron, Tyron. Like, everyone says it differently. Um, so I, I always feel like I'm fucking it up though. I'm always like, it's, it's Tyrone, right? Tyrone. Okay. I say it like with the own exaggerated and Josh is like, why do you say it like that? Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be offensive to him because you know that, that, that he doesn't get enough credit. I think he's a, he's a, one of yeah. the best hands down. And like, the thing is he is like playing the game very intelligently dude, dude. he is the most intelligent man because he tries he's not he doesn't want to lose the title so he he, he plays the game that he has to play i mean i love steven thompson how f- not seeing a third fight nobody wants to see that bullshit because it's, it's <laughs> it i don't i don't know like i would love to see you know him and darren till and you know a bunch of other fights you know with wonder boy but they're not they don't work well together like they their styles don't mix it just doesn't yeah. work. It's like a, you're trying to stir a pot that's not going to stir well. It's like yeah. oil and water. Oil and water don't mix. Why are you, you trying to mix these together? You have to have good chemistry. You have to be a good dance partner. And like that's the thing. I think um, I think someone like Darren Till could you know work well with Tyrone. And like I think that could be a good fight. I want to see a good fight with him because like the thing is Josh is a huge fan. Huge fan. Like that is his favorite fighter. 
again, he's like a guy for me. He was like, he was hot before I got into UFC. So mm-hmm. I, I can't pretend to have that like emotional attachment. I just can't because it's not there. But I can like understand like, wow, like he's kept his belt, even though everyone above him is kind of like shitting on him and like, you know, basically saying like, you know, you're a boring fight and um, like it sucks because I'm like, you work like for three or four months specifically working on this skill and then you go and it's not appreciated and that like to be the best in the world and to not be appreciated, like that's sad. Well, the problem is, is because it is boring that like if you're a casual fan, like, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are casuals, you know, they just watch one or two fights a year. Um, they, they don't care. Like, mm-hmm. like they want to see someone get f- their head bashed in or they want to see action like when there's no action it's all strategy it becomes very you know subtle and i mean it's a good thing because that's how you win um unanimous decisions unanimous decisions unanimous a lot of people just like unanimous decisions or split decisions like people don't want to see bullshit nobody wants to see decisions you want to see someone clearly win you know this is i don't know this is my approach to whatever you know um you either you try to get a finish. That is the number thing. You don't force a finish. You try to get a finish. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't go, I mean, if it doesn't go your way, then you've done something wrong. You should really analyze why you went to decision because you should not be going to decision um, because you're a better fighter than that. <laughs> this is just what I, you know, um, I th- I think it was just that Wonder Boy is a really hard puzzle to figure out. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He awkward style. I mean, like. Uh, I'm more of, I know, when you have an awkward style, I mean, a lot of people look at me and they're like, especially the way I move is like, it's, I do South Pole and I do Orthodox. I mix it up because Mm -hmm. um, people don't like, they freak out. They're like, oh shit, why why is he doing (laughs) that? You know? And, and some people like, don't freak out. Some people are like, oh, okay, what is this? What is, what are you doing? You know? And the amateurs, the good thing about being a professional is you know who you're fighting Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can study tape. That is such an advantage, being able to understand. I mean, even if it's your coaches studying them, whatever way you do it, the fact that there's tape and someone can you can watch whatever they're doing, you can get an understanding. In the amateurs, you're just fighting whoever the fuck you comes comes your way. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, and I mean, so, it's, and I'm like, you like, know, I'm googling this yeah. Russian ass name and or this like really <laughs> weird name on Google and trying to find like footage. And sometimes you know. There's like zero footage, and you're like, "What the fuck? How am I gonna know what to do? Because I don't know if he's a striker. I don't know what he's gonna do. You know, you're reading <laughs> it based like it's like it's like going into a fight, not knowing who you're fighting. And I think professionally, you have such an advantage in that way. And if you don't take advantage of that, that's a fool. But Tyron, Tyron, whatever. Sorry, Tyron, but like <laughs> whatever, whatever he does, he does it right because he's trying to win. And the honest. The honest truth yeah. is, if you lose that freaking belt, it's hard to get that belt back. Like I've seen it time and yeah. time again. I mean, Cody Garbrandt's gonna have a fucking hell of a time getting back to that 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 belt, you know? Because it was a clear, like when it's a clear distinction, like someone just beat yeah. the shit, you know, you lost. Um, of course, I love the way he, how he takes the loss, and you know, I don't know how I'm gonna respond to that myself. Um, um, so it's like for me, it's like looking at them, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, how should I respond to it? Um, and you know, I ha- I'm an analytical person, so I'm always like deciphering how how do these because you can learn from anybody. I don't care if it's your, your my grandma taught me some things, my my brothers taught me some things. You know, you know, you've taught me some things. Like it's like everybody's teaching you these things. So implementing them, mixing it all up, forming it together, 
man, it's it's a real real tough situation to put yourself in. And Tyrone, he he's done it very well. And I just think he needs to fight someone who who he can dance with. Which which he said, dance with. Huh? That's a good. Absolutely. That's a good term. I didn't know. <laughs> dance with, yeah, because he. Yeah, yeah. Well, he just, I think he needs someone where he can really capitalize mm-hmm. on his skill set and like remind people, like, he didn't get handed this belt. Like, he fucking worked his ass off to get there and he had to overcome a lot of difficult people in the division. And like, I, I think that's easily forgotten, um, especially because, like, just Steven, uh, you just Wonder Boy, like, just because of their fights, I think that's what mo- like that's what I remember, and I am constantly reminded by Josh that he's amazing and that that is not an accurate representation. <laughs> but uh, but no, I think he just needs someone who uh, he can really just kind of show off a little bit with. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know who that's going to be. Um, oh, I want to see that Robbie Lawler fight. I want to see like just like the problem with fighting is you want to see so many different matchups. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to see I want to see Conor McGregor fight. I honestly do. I think that would be a great matchup. I, I think, I think, I don't know that one seventy man, like you know, triple champ. Oh, dude, I'm all for 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 people just jumping, jumping ship, and I mean, people. I don't know. Sometimes I feel bad for people because like you deserve a title shot. This dude doesn't. Like jumping line, flipping flipping coins. Like it's like random, random heck. Like I don't know yeah. what what they're doing, but. But I think it's 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 fun though. I love it. It's fun. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, I think like with Cody, like going back to the one thirty five division, I think what's going to be hard for him is he has so many people he has to go through again. And like when you look at like okay, realistically, how many times can he fight in a year? How much time does he need off before he can actually um, go for the belt again? Like that's going to be really difficult. And um, you know, yeah, he's young. Like. Should he take even more time off because of that to kind of reestablish, you know, not his skill set, but like fine, fine tune it. And, you know, like you said before, like working with one camp, it, I, I do believe that could be very limiting and like you're only getting one part of the equation. And like, I, I think it's really smart what TJ's doing is, you know, kind of like, you know, um, test, uh, yeah, test tasting, like different, different camps, different coaches and figuring out, you know, what does he need to work on? What, what, um, what areas of his game are weak and how can he cap, how can he improve on that? And who, who's going to best, you know, help him get to where he needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I could talk about this forever. So, um, well, it was wonderful (laughs) talking to you. I know, uh, um, we'll definitely talk about this next time. Uh, I'll have you on again because this this excites <laughs> me. Most people don't like fighting, and I don't know why. But you know, it's all about the NFL. I mean, I love NFL as well, but you know, not so into it as much as others. But yeah, fighting. I don't know. I have lots of stories. So if you ever want to hear those, hell yeah, no fighting is. I I love the aspect of you know watching the professional sport and shit like even Bellator and Invicta the different competitors the level of competition is insane but um, it's completely different than actually meeting a fighter in person or you know getting to talk with them one on one in um, the gym I trained at fifty fifty in uh, in out outside of DC it was so amazing because I'm like y'all have no idea what I do as a person and it doesn't matter me competing, me being an influencer literally doesn't mean shit to you guys and not in a bad way. It's just, that's so cool that like going and being in that environment, I was able to meet other people who were very advanced in their sport and their specialty. And like, it was just really cool to kind of start over. And like, I I'm a very, very much a beginner and still like, you know, kind of learning, you know, 
that is, I don't know, I, fighting such a, it's so, it's amazing to me. It's just because mm-hmm. you can apply it to anything. And if, you know, I think everyone should learn how to fight. I mean, I think, yeah. I think, I, I know it's dangerous, but like drills or something. I mean, I don't spar, like, I don't, like, you know, I don't spar as much as other people um, because I think it's not necessary. I, so, okay. I've sparred four times now. And the last time, exactly. No, like, right? That's weird. Um, the last time I sparred, I sparred with a girl who was trying to shoot my, like, weight of average, roughly. And it got really heated because she was actually a fighter. And at this gym, uh, the striking class was really small. And, like, there were only, like, four girls. And um, the guys were really boosting my confidence, like, you know, for, like, nine weeks leading up to sparring. They were like, dude, your kicks are insane. Um, your footwork is good. Like, they were telling me all these things. And, like, as an amateur, I have no idea how hard I should go. And that's something, like, with communication, I'm very open. And, like, guys, I don't want to hit too hard, so I am going to hold back because I that's what feels right to me. Um, but I sparred with this girl and – it got really cut. Like it was actually fucking bad. Like I, my face was all fucked up and, um, I, I hit her gauge out. Like she had a huge massive gauge and I like punched it and like her face was kind of fucked up the next day. So was mine. And like, after that I told, like, I talked to one of the coaches like, dude, I didn't like that because I'm not a fighter and I don't <laughs> want to come to this class to fight or to get my ass kicked. I don't know what I'm doing. And, um, that was like the last time they really let us spar, not me and her, but just the class in general. They were like, we're going to do sparring, but not full speed because like, I think y'all are too inexperienced. And I was like, yeah, no, I completely agree. Like I shouldn't be told like to go punch someone in the face or try to, and to also defend myself from getting punched. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I've been doing it three months and I get the footwork and I get like some of the combinations and the kicks, but like i I'm not naive enough to think that I have it down. Like it's going to take years, like years on years to even be competent in those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think sparring, light sparring. I mean, the problem is bad sparring partners. I've had plenty of bad, like, you, you know, it's practice, man. Like you don't need to try to kill me. Like, you know, and you know, and if I hurt you, I don't want to hurt you. Like, I'm not trying to hurt you. We're trying to like get better together. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, if it's just like movement training, like pop, 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 or like, you know, um, drills, drills are, are like, all you need is drills. And, you know, I mean, like you need sparring a little bit. I don't think you need as much as most people think. Um, and then it becomes, it just becomes natural. Um, yeah, I, I loved it though. I mean, like I really enjoyed it and, um, I'm really honestly looking forward to getting back into it just cause like, um, me and Josh will fuck around like here in the house, like we'll, We'll like do combos and like this uh-huh. morning, so funny. Like we don't know jujitsu, but we tried jujitsuing each other. Like we. Just- All right, this is the first thing you should do is like um, learn. I mean, of course, learn a triangle. You're gonna learn a bunch. Like there's a guard, and you know you're gonna learn everything. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the first time you, f- you know, learn triangle choke. Learn the triangle choke. Try it on him. Practice that at home. I mean, like it's just practicing with people. You know, you know. Um, not the, not the best thing, but I, I always like, you know, if someone has never fought or like, you know, doesn't like fighting, I'm like, well, let's do some jujitsu. I'll teach you some stuff. Like, we'll just do it together. And the first thing I teach is triangle choke because people are like, Oh, how do you do all these fancy moves? I'm like, well, it's just basic stuff. So do this, do that. Like people don't know how to, um, there's a lot of ways to submit 
people, mm-hmm. which I find fascinating. It's like, whoa. Dude, f- like Rose Namajunas, her fucking flying armbar. Mm-hmm. I saw that for the first time and I was like, Josh, that's <laughs> what I want to learn. That's I want that to be my first one, which is unrealistic, but... No, no, no. This is what I think when you learn, like, say you want to learn an arm bar. Well, you got to learn the basic arm bar, then you can yeah. do a flying arm bar. It's like you got to learn how it's about timing and all this stuff. I mean, jujitsu is such an amazing thing. I mean, um, you know, a lot of there's a lot. Of, the problem is there's so many great people that teach jujitsu. It's like, I, I want all of them to be my coaches. I want them all to teach me. You know, but it's impossible. So you try to, you know, learn yeah. as much as you can from here, learn from there. You know, I do believe that a team camaraderie can be helpful. So you're learning all these things. It's it's, it's a blast. I mean, I, I would say jujitsu is number one um, in terms of like what you should learn as a, someone who doesn't know anything about fighting. Jujitsu, then do some boxing, like pad pad work, do all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yoga, of course, I always put that in there. Um, mm-hmm. because movement is different. Like, you know, um, being able to hit someone from over here instead of over there. I mean, Demetrius Johnson does it very well. He, he, he decides on where he's going to do certain things. So mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, fighting such an amazing thing. I, I, it's like, uh, it's, it's such a, a harmonious thing when you can figure it all out. And sometimes you don't figure it out. I mean, it's pra- <laughs> in practice, it's like, man, you might submit me like, like I've been submitted by people that I'm like, oh, I should not. That should should never has happened. So you try to, you try as hard as possible to not have that happen, and then once you get into the cage, you decide, hey, this is not going to happen to me here, which is, you know, you know, it's funny. The the octagon is only in the UFC, and other places are cages because they own the octagon. That that specific way it's shaped. Like Bell Bell is a cage, um, UFC is an octagon. Oh, that's wild! I never, I never even realized that. I, I like watching Bellator. Um, you know, there's definitely a split in competition, but I don't, I, I don't think that at all. I think they're okay. Okay, okay, okay. Here's my whole gif on Bellator. I think, I think they don't have the the marketing or the the like. You have a world champion over there, Rory McDonald. Was it Rory McDonald? He's beating Tyron. He's so been, he's beating Tyron. They sponsored him with the company we mm. worked at. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, like he's. Mm-hmm. Great person, I, th- I believe. Uh, you know, he's a little crazy too. But a lot of fighters are crazy. <laughs> I'm more of the the composed dude. I'm more like DJ than anyone else. Like that's why I relate to him and listen to that man um, mm-hmm. a lot more than the other fighters because he's relaxed. You know, he plays video games, which you know I can relate to, and he does all these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like to me that you know, and he has you know, of course he's pound for pound. He's not the most exciting. Like you don't want to go see DJ. You want to go see Conor McGregor. Just yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a spectacle. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting to see that. Um, I think he has a lot more wisdom. And people should listen to that man more. Like, I don't know. Don't listen to Conor McGregor all the time. Like, he, he, he's, he's a unicorn. And unicorns don't, don't you're not, like, it's, like, you're not, it's so hard to say because you're not, not everyone's going to be the greatest fighter. Um, you're going to lose. And if you, once you lose, I always say, I mean, I've lost in other competitions like Taekwondo matches and other stuff like that, but I've never lost in MMA in a you know professional sense. So it's like, to me, it's like learn from your mistakes. What can you do better? Um, take time off. Take a fucking time out to reanalyze yeah. everything you've lost. I mean, Ioana wants to come back right away. I'm like, 
fuck i mean she's vacationing right now i bet because that's how it is after a fight you're like ah i just want i'm done with this shit like you just want to relax <laughs> sometimes you want to go back right away which is like michael bisping thought process um which i which i admire and think he's a he's a freaking champ i mean i would i don't know i feel like i don't know why tapping is a like a bad thing like you shouldn't i feel like tapping you should tap when you don't want to mess yourself up i just absolutely and it's a part of at least what i understand like when you first learn jujitsu you have to understand that um if you have any ego like it's going to be a long road like if you can check your ego at the very beginning at least that's what i've been told is Mm -hmm. um your ego is like the biggest obstacle and the biggest challenge for you and if you can accept that very early on um which i from what I understand is very hard and I imagine is going to be really hard for, you know, me and Josh, if we go down that road is, um, if you can like just move that aside and be like, okay, I'm going to suck at this for a little bit. You're going to learn quicker and figure out, you know, like what, um, how to get to where you want to be. And like, you know, tapping, I think that's just a part of it. That's just part of that, like recognition, like, okay, I don't know how to get out of this. I don't. And I'm okay with that. I I will learn. I don't know right now though. Mm, And it's like, I, Sometimes it's, it's like at that moment I can't. Like there's a per- certain point where it's like you're you're stuck, um, and you're trying to wiggle out. <laughs> and I see that all the time. Like, well, just you know, don't make the same mistake. Um, change the change the way you move it. You know, it's a lot of things that factor into jujitsu. I think jujitsu is so necessary to a human, like a human being, being a human being. It, it it's something that nobody does. Like you know. And I think more people should do it, which I think jujitsu is getting more and more popular. I mean, I see EBIs now, and you know they're putting jujitsu's on. I mean, it's not as big as UFC, but it's it, it it's getting slowly, slowly to where you know UFC is. But um, I mean, jujitsu is such a such a mind mind fuck. Like, like I can't. Sometimes I'm like, man, fuck. Like, why can't I do this? Like, you know, and a lot of you know, even if you're a black belt you're still going to fucking learn because um, there's there's levels to the jujitsu game there's levels to striking levels like yeah. our, the way i say is there's 10 10 tiers there's the zero tier which is like you have no experience you've never done it then there's like one it's like you've done a little bit like very tiny like a couple <laughs> classes and then there's two which is like you're doing it regularly you're learning one martial art three is you're learning multiple martial arts four you're like you're like really invested. Five is like you could probably fight amateur. Six is like you're you're thinking about going pro. Seven is like you're pro already. You can can fight anyone in the professional level pretty much. Um, then there's those top three motherfuckers. Like there's <laughs> there's like well, I don't know what it is. There's four or five the top four contenders. I mean, the there if you're going from ten to fight three or four, uh, dude, it's rough. It's gonna be rough for you. And that is just the reality of it. And then there's there's level nine, which I call the the mystical level. You know, Conor McGregor status. You know, um, you know, to, trying to elevate the game beyond what what you've seen before. I mean, you've seen what people have done, but trying to change it. You know, going to boxing, trying to beat Floyd Mayweather. If he beat Floyd Mayweather, I would have called him the King of Kings. You know, there, <laughs> there's no there's no ifs ands and buts. Um, if he did that, because there's you know, he elevated the game to an extent where nobody has thought about, you know, becoming a double champ, you know, um, you know, knocking people out that are on his level, um, on that eight tier level or nine tier level, like possibly there. Um, I, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's his mentality. It's, 
like trying to decipher that you can't really figure that out and then there's 10 tier which nobody's reached yet which not, I, even, not even dj oh he's not reached he needs he needs to get three titles to reach like right. like he needs to go to 135 and then say fuck i'm going to 145 <laughs> and like fighting a big big man like i'm talking about like you should not be fighting that weight class making making it scary you know dj like i remember he said he said uh, you know how would you someone asked him on tmz or something like how would you beat brock lesnar you know that doesn't do if you talk about that way i'm like what the f- what are you talking about you can't beat brock lesnar you know uh-huh. uh, you know he's like 20 30 weight classes above you but you know um what if he could be um, not Max Holloway? What if he could DJ could fight Conor McGregor at like one forty five, and people are like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about?" Like this is where you get to the ten tier status, which I'm talking about. No one's done the things that nobody has done, um, or cleaning out divisions. I mean, I haven't really seen anyone. Cl- I've seen Double Champ, but I haven't seen people like Conor hasn't cleared divisions. He cleared one forty five a little bit. Um, he still had a few fights he could have. Um, mm-hmm. But he has a clear one. Like, he's not fought anyone at 155. And Tony Ferguson's a fucking monster. I mean, yeah. That guy has the best jujitsu game in, in, in the 55 division. I don't know. Khabib has good wrestling. I mean, I want to, like, I, I, you know, me mentally, I want to see Khabib versus uh, Ferguson before I see Connor versus whoever, whichever I, one of those. I think that was the next one lined up Connor versus Tony, if he accepts it. But well, this is at least, this is on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast. He's saying, he thinks it's going to be GSP and Tyrone, and then Tony and yeah, Tony and Connor, and then Connor and GSP. Like he's like, that's my prediction, and they're both hyping it up, and that would be sick. That would be a really <sighs> sick card. I don't see it happening that easily, though. I feel like there's, Connor is, that, there's too many. That's too many things that have to happen in order for exactly. that. That's fucking crazy. Like I don't, I, like I don't see that scenario. I see, I see him fighting Robert Whitaker. Um, and then fighting maybe maybe fight maybe fight Tyron, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Connor is a needs to fight Ferguson at least, or I don't know. Khabib Khabib has a fight coming up, so I, I'm I'm excited. Khabib's a monster um, in terms of the when, ground. When is he fighting? Is it late December? Yeah, sometime. I think it's next week or something. I don't know. I, I try to keep up with all these, but there's so many fights. I was watching Sage North Cut come back. I was like, yeah, yeah, some of them are uh, my hometown. I'm like, ooh. You know. Are you – oh, wait. Are you from Katy? Well, he, I'm Houston, so it's like right next to each other. That's it, so cool. I'm in Webster. Oh, Webster. Oh, I love Webster. It's pretty nice. That's dope. Yeah, I'm from Alvin originally, so uh, <laughs> that's that small town south of everything. <laughs> yeah, so um, – I want to see all that stuff, but the chances yeah. of that happening or that lining up like that, that that'd be a perfect scenario. Nobody has that. That won't yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. And Ty- Tyrone is, has a, what is it? A shoulder injury or some shit. Yeah. He's a labrum tear, which um, it's not could be, it's, I don't know his fucking name. It's another guy with a K and um, he had that tear and it took him like a year to recover. So, um, and I've actually like, I did some research on that. Apparently the healing time is really long. So, I'd be interested interested to see if it's that bad where he doesn't need surgery. Does he take an entire year off? Do they take the belt away? And like, what you know, what 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 would happen? Because like, I don't know. Dana isn't like a huge fan of him anyway. So, like, would that be kind of like an easy out for him? Be like, yeah, no, we're giving it to someone else. If you have to take time off. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're cool anymore. But I don't know. I could talk about this forever. But thank you for talking with me. I- yeah oh my gosh this just went a lot longer than i thought but um thanks we'll talk about this again of 
course. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. So if you need any more info from me, shoot me a message. Um, just let me know. And uh, yeah, thank you for taking the time. I had a great time. It's I was using like the natural lighting and now it's obviously dark. So it looks uh -huh. like a horror movie, but um, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make sure he's not an ax murderer. So.